banana. Apple? Nah, you missed it. <laughs> Bacon pancakes? Mm, maybe. <laughs> maybe? Hey everyone, it's the Herald and Modcast, and this is our review of The Leftovers, Season 3, Episode 2, Don't Be Ridiculous. Sponsored by American Giant Clothing and Apparel. Their stuff is very cool. Yep. Uh, you wear that sweatshirt of theirs, which is their, it's like, I think it's called like best hoodie ever or something like that. Yeah, that's, I think that's the sort of internet branding that sort of took a life of its own. Greatest, best hoodie and it is in the world. kind of is. It kind of is. It covers all the stops and it's definitely uh, worth the price. You'll we actually did a review of it. Yeah, you can listen to that. It's awesome. On our website. Incredible. So the leftovers moving along on season three. Final season. Episode two. Well, what do you think? I mean, yeah, it was good. Kept it. It was all about Nora. Yeah, it was a Nora episode. Not my favorite character, really. Don't really care about Nora. Really? No. She's a good actress. She's okay. (laughs) That's not cool. She's not the best on the show. Carrie Coon. I think huh? she's well. You're the one who loved that episode in season one of hers when she goes to the convention. Yeah, that's an awesome episode. Yeah, I, I think she's pretty cool. Yeah, she's alright. But so Nora gets a mysterious uh, phone call from the guy on Perfect Strangers. Yeah, that's that's the weirdest <laughs> thing they wrote into the show. Yeah. All the shows of all the people, Mark Paul, Mark Lynn Baker, yeah. who was the not. Was the other guy, the non-foreign guy. The cousin of Cousin Belky. On uh, Perfect Strangers. And I didn't really know where they were going with that, but... Well, they they made reference to that on the first season, that he lied and then fled to Mexico. Okay. Like, that was in the first season, because he lied about departing. <laughs> right, then, right, right. And that's actually, yeah, one of the, one of the points of the first well, cause season. Because everyone on the show departed, apparently, except him. Well, all the the whole, like, main cast. Yeah. Like Bronson Pinchot plays Balky, and then I, they say the uh, the two female leads right. all departed, and, and he didn't. And I guess he took it pretty hard, apparently. Right, right. For whatever reason, so uh, he's out here trying to like, recruit people to this departure, fucking omnibus. It sounds like a Guiana tragedy waiting to happen. Sounds a little bit like Jim Jones kind of shit. Yeah, it seems sort of culty, and because uh, she gets this sort of random call in the day, and he's like, "Do you want to see your kids again?" And she was like, "Fuck you," and he's like, "No, fuck you." Right. This is real. <laughs> And so she goes to meet him in a hotel and no St. phones Louis. in St. Louis. And, and oh, yeah, he takes her smartphone and throws it down a toilet. Yeah, man. And he basically starts telling her that they're developing a machine that can take you to the place that they departed because they found chemical traces of whatever's chemical at the places of them. Yeah, know, where people I, departed I couldn't quite get it either. Well, but they, what's not clear is that she calls her boss Joel Murray mm-hmm. um played by Joel Murray and you know says it sounds like a scam because she's investigating scams of yeah. she's an investigator for the departed well, yeah she's got her job back right she's sort of like head investigator for 
the departure claims, right. that sort of thing. And, and she, it's not, they authorize her to go, but what's, you know, she's clearly curious, but what's not clear is, is she investigating this? Because she says to him, they didn't go somewhere else. They were incinerated, you know? Yeah, that's what she's saying. Like, there is no other place where all these people are waiting for us. Mm-hmm. You know, they're just gone. And I guess he was approached and then now he's approaching people, the, the perfect strangers guy. And yeah. you should also say that they use the Perfect Strangers opening theme song for the opening. That was pretty funny, actually. It was pretty funny because yeah. you're like, they use this like, 80s I theme song. I didn't realize that's what it was. And I always know theme songs. I completely missed that. It was so funny. Well, I was watching it. I'm like, that's the Perfect Strangers theme song, you doink. And you're like, oh, well, that <laughs> oh, just that makes, makes sense. Yeah. That makes total sense. Oh, wow. That makes a lot of sense. They really, they really think on that show. But So she goes, after she meets with him, she rents a car and she drives to Kentucky where we find out the backstory on what happened to Lily, the uh, baby. Yeah, we do. We don't really find out how, the backstory. Well, yeah, because that woman is. who's with her is the one who had the baby with the Black Messiah dude. Oh, the Asian lady? Yeah. And so she's At the like... playground? She came, uh, clearly came back for her baby because she talks about it. There's like... They do it in the way that they do, which is they fill in the backstory... Mm-hmm. We woven into the story. It's really good writing, you know, because she. Well, we should say that the whole thing sort of is set in motion when the the dude on the tower fa- falls to his death, right in the then, beginning. In the beginning, and then the Brett Butler character was her. His wife claims that he had been departed; that he actually departed yeah. from the tower. When in actuality, he died of a heart attack and f- fell and crushed his skull because he was you know way up there, right. And, uh, and then they're interviewing people and they're all like, oh yeah, he departed and I saw it. And like, yeah. and then actually, uh, Matt, her brother helped her help Brett Butler bury the body out and, yeah. and then they, she digs up the body to take pictures to take of pictures it and stuff. document it because it is a case, a claim. It's a false claim of departure and stuff. Boy, what a, what a small, but effective role by brett butler yeah she's like fucking scary looking yeah because when you realize it's her you're like whoa and you're like wow and she's really amazing in the part yeah she's good man she's really good i haven't seen her in decades i know and i I mean when you think about the brett butler show i mean you weren't around for that but that was one of the most popular shows on tv it was like like a roseanne thing it was it It was so popular and and just thinking about her as that big woman with the blonde hair, but yeah. young. And like now that she's voice. like this kind of skinny, older, very like really hillbilly sorta, looking woman. Well, she looks like she smokes a pack a day in yeah. real life. You know what I mean? Like, and she's smoking on the show, but she looks like she, she didn't miss cigarettes and booze for the last 20 years. Yeah. That's for sure. Well, I mean, it lends itself well to this part. Yeah, it really it is, does. Because she's so good well, in I it. Well, I mean, I remember as a kid, just that voice. Like, I didn't really know. Yeah, yeah, she yeah. She was a comic, like yeah. Roseanne, and then she got her own show. And yeah. It was hu- well, hugely pro- popular. Proving that comics is, can do anything. Good ones can. And, yeah, good ones have the best training for pretty much anything. Pretty much, yep. But so... Uh, so she goes to see Lily and sees her playing. Who she's now like three, yeah, or four, even. yeah, three or four. Because it's been three, it's years, been three years, so she's so. probably four. Uh, and Lily, of course, doesn't know who she is. And yeah, she's like, "Who are you?" She she can talk now. Yeah, yeah, she's but talking. We Nora's definitely got an angry kind of it's vengeful, spiteful. She had it throughout the first and second season, man. Yeah, she yeah. She remember she was shooting herself in the chest with a bulletproof vest oh, yeah. on and shit. Like, oh yeah. She, 
I she forgot about that. Him. She still has them too. You could tell, like she's happy with Kevin and stuff. But but she's kind of twisted too because yeah. she like she watches Lily from afar and then she sees this little boy steal her her uh, shovel. shovel plastic the, shovel and she gets out of the car shovel. and it's like hey and she's yelling at this little toddler and like, she takes give it, it away that. i saw what you did that's not yours yeah yeah it was a little disturbing yeah it was a little intense man well she has definitely has like anger issues like she gets riled up because we should also say that when she uh you know comes back from this trip and she, I, she agrees to the the John Carroll Lynch or Paul Mark John Lynn or whatever. Lynch. The perfect the perfect strangers guy. Mark Lynn. Baker. Yeah. And so and she agrees to like take the secret phone and wait for the secret call and all that shit to go into this experiment. You know? Right. And she's also watching all these this tape of all these people who have elected to go and they because oh, yeah, he gives her a USB drive with and a hundred yeah. different cases of people that are like I am into sound body and mind and they I are holding a newspaper of it's the day. Weird. Yeah, so it's all these people that have already agreed to do this crazy experiment and she sort of agrees to do it as well. Yeah. And when she goes back to um Miracle, Texas, the town, mm-hmm. she stops through that visit, you know, you have to go through that visitor's center, whatever, and mm-hmm. she sees a picture, and she has it blown up, and it's of the guy who fell off the tower. No, she doesn't see a picture. She has the pictures from, the like, the case. Like, she, she has oh, a USB right, drive, right. and they're, like, you know, crime photo pictures. Right. And she blows it up onto a giant, bo- like, Kinko's board, and puts it at the memorial site for the guy that they said departed. And it's him, and he's, like, on an autopsy slab. Dead, yeah. And, dead. It's, and it's pretty horrible. And, and Brett Butler's like, you're the hateful Fucking woman. Sick, I hateful hope you go to hell. Woman. Yeah. yeah. And she just walks away. Yeah, that's and that, but that's part of like she is. She's character. kind of a cold bitch, yeah, you know? she's mean, man. She has to tell everybody. She has to, because she's... Well, she likes to pop the bubbles yeah. of belief, man. And even they have that conversation with Kevin. He's like, yeah, if these people don't believe this false thing, they're going to believe a different false right. thing tomorrow. He even says that. Yeah, yeah. And he's like, so why work so hard to fucking squash all that? Like, what what do you gain from it? You know, but it's a fair question. Tommy stops her because he's a cop and he stops her on the bridge mm-hmm. and sort of is like, hey, what's up? But also says, I heard you visited Lily. Mm-hmm. And because blah, 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 call, Christine called me or whoever she is. Mm-hmm. And she's, you know... He's like, what are you doing? What are you doing? And mm-hmm. she she ends up driving, and finally Regina King shows up. And she goes um, to her house, and she it, she's not house. in Miracle though. I feel like she goes she goes back t- to fucking where she's from or something. Like I don't know where she is. It's yeah. not Miracle, and it's not. I don't even think it's Texas. I think she goes back before she goes to Miracle, and they have like a a coffee at her house. And then they plan a trampoline together. Oh yeah, that was funny. And they listen to Wu-Tang. Oh yeah, she got the stupid tattoo. Well, we find out in the beginning because she's getting her cast off. Yeah. And that's of course unexplained like they do. Stuff that's not explained but you know it will be explained later. Mm -hmm. And the doctor accuses her of breaking her own arm because he says that an orderly saw her do it in the parking parking lot. lot. The, the, the car door slamming the car door in her own fucking arm and uh, she did and she did because she's fucking crazy kinda, yeah she's kind of crazy and she got a, a wounding leg tattoo on her arm and she what does she call it she called band. it your can't get get gang or something yeah. and Regina King's like you mean Wu-Tang Clan and then they start playing a song and they're tra- it's a Wu-Tang song yeah, yeah and and they're she's, jumping on the trampoline right and she says I bought a trampoline that's how I'm getting over it and they so they sort of talk about she lost her daughter right but she died and she got to bury her whereas like losing 
those but who departing a departure. is different. Yeah. Well, because she, she gets the Wu Tang tattoo to cover up the, her kids' names that were on her arm. Right. And she's like, I just can't have people ask who's you know Jeff and fucker or whatever it is. Yeah. I'm sick of that, so I'd rather have a Wu Tang Clan. Because <laughs> she said she pointed to the first thing she saw on the wall. Oh, is that what she who said? Who does I that? Forgot. Nobody yeah, does that. Nobody does that. Pick something. Yeah, just put a or butterfly. Wu-Tang, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. Or why not? Wu Tang fan, you got to answer that question now for the rest of your life. You better yeah. learn some of their music. No, I just like the letter W. I thought it was a cool W. That's <laughs> <laughs> my favorite letter. Uh, she said she thought it looked like a phoenix rising. Is that what she said? Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah. But then she goes back to the house and walks in on Kevin asphyxiating himself. himself. Yeah. He's like doing the bag in them over his head thing. And he's like, oh, I just do it. It helps me sleep or whatever. <laughs> I always poke through. And it's yeah, so funny. She's like, okay. And then he says, let's have a baby. And she just starts like laughing. laughing I mean, him, it's yeah. very bizarre because this world is so weird. It's super Twin Peaksy kind of. Yeah. In a lot of ways when you think about it. I was thinking about okay, Justin Thoreau's in Mulholland Drive. And it's like, yeah, this show is pretty David Lynchy in a lot of ways, you know. You can see, you can see the. Is he uh, in Mulholland Drive? Yeah, man. Oh wow, God, I haven't seen that in years. Yeah, he I plays. Go back and watch it. It's like a huge part in it. It's pretty funny, and he's super young. And I'm like, what the fuck? He's in a David Lynch movie. Yeah, that made me want to go that. talk to him. Like after that, I'm like, oh, I wish I got went and talked to him. When we were oh, at and we premiere. saw him at the Batman. Thing. Yeah, because yeah. I mean, bring up leftovers is cool, but I mean, I would have loved to ask him just being on that fucking wackadoo set on that yeah. like, fucking coolest movie ever. It's insane. Well, so. <sighs> What else happens? Um, they, oh, well, the best part of the whole episode is she finds it. So she gets a call because they the give her a flip phone, phone yeah. secret phone. And they say she has to be in Melbourne, Australia. Yeah, for the fucking experiment. Right. That's so she's like, okay. And Kevin's like, oh, hey, can I come with you? He has no idea what's going on. No, she's like, I have to go to Australia for work for a few days or some shit. And he's like, can I come? And, and she's like, yeah cut to australia and it's this australian police chief who's fucking with his first mate dude and like he well he first he hits a kangaroo on the side of the road yeah and he just shoots it and yep. establish him as kind of a dick kind of a dick and then he won't chief. let his deputy leave even though there's Early, nothing going yeah. on and then these women leaded by led by uh great Scottish character actress Lindsay Duncan, who you she was in Sherlock, she was in Birdman, she played the critic Tabitha. Oh, really? Yeah, and she, uh, chick flick lovers will remember her from Under the Tuscan Sun as Catherine, the one who runs into the fountain. She's an amazing character actor, and she's now in it. And she leads this pack of kind of older women. And it rem- I felt like here we are at Mad Max Fury Road. Well, they're all on, <laughs> in Australia on horseback. Yes. Yeah. I wonder what you could compare that to. <laughs> <laughs> but they they say to the guys, your name Kevin and well, your chief of police. Well, first he pulls up to his own house and there right. are four women on horseback in his driveway. Yeah, which is like, weird. And he's being Older like Older women. Yeah, they're all geriatric or fucking senior But with least. long hair, like in Mad Max, yeah. like those women. And they have like the Outback clothes yeah. on. Yeah. You know, they're not wearing like grandma clothes. They're wearing like rancher clothes. And they look pretty like can handle themselves. Can handle what they're, yeah, what they're doing. And then he's like, get the fuck off my property. And they're like, is your name Kevin? And then he's like, yes. And she's like are you police chief and he's like yeah so and he's like well you need to you need to come with us and he's like fucking no you got my property <laughs> and then one of the ladies shoots him with a tranquilizer dart right and, <laughs> and he drops a sack of potatoes and then he wakes up and he's tied to a board 
And like it's a tight shot, so you just think he's like tied to this wooden board. You think it might be a cross. I thought maybe it was a cross, and they were yeah. gonna like put him up on a cross and or burn something. Burn him alive or something. Yeah, I don't know what it was. And they pull back, and it's a seesaw that's weighted on one side, and it's hanging over like a small little lake bed or whatever, you know. Body of water. Yeah. Body of water. And so they're like, okay, we're going to do this. You'll be just fine. <laughs> and they literally lower him, lower him into the water when he wakes up, too. They wait for him to wake up, which is a dick move. Yeah. You know? And then they lower him under, and he's just sort of gargling, and then he just stops. And they're like, what if it's not him? What if it's not him? Yeah. It's him. It's him. What if it's not him? And it is not him. Yeah. And he it's dies. Like some, and he's all <laughs> pale and dead, and they yeah. can't revive him. And they're like, whoops. Whoops. And, like, <laughs> <laughs> and then who should come out of the front door of the house that they're in front of but Scott Glenn. Yeah, Kevin's father. Kevin's father. And he's like, what What in tarnation? What's all going on out here? And then it ends. Yeah. Like, it ends. Like, they don't even answer him what happened. So they're looking for a Kevin that can survive death. So I guess Kevin is the Messiah. They, they think so, but we don't know so. We don't know why they think so. And, but then we, when Scott Glenn shows up, you think maybe he's put, told them that because right. he's a crazy old coot and he's, well, you know, he's had some sort of like fifth, sixth sense thing going on since the first season with the voices. Yeah. He was in an insane asylum and now he's in Australia. Yeah, the, it ends with a yeah. bunch of fucking questions. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> like, a lot of questions. A lot of questions. Don't know what the fuck is going on. But again, like we said, you know, you just sort of trust them to sort of lead us down, lead us astray a little, but right. we're never really astray. It just sort of feels like that. Yep. Which is fun, which is, makes the show fun. It definitely is you know? part of the it's, show. Yeah, it's a part of the experience. Yeah. Which is fine. Just sort of like fucking... In the moment, you're like, what the fuck? No. And then you're like, okay, that's fine. But that is what's so great about the show because you are like, what the fuck? But then, but at the same time, you're like, well, they're going to tell me and it's going to be brilliant because you just, if you're a fan of the show, you're on board and you know it's going to be yeah, brilliant. You're in for the long haul. Yeah. And you trust them to make the, te- their storytelling is, is not conventional storytelling and it's not linear uh, plot progression. Right. And so, you you know, you sort of resign yourself to be like, okay, take me on this crazy journey. Right. Especially since it's the last season. It's not like there's four more seasons planned and you're not going to get to know, like, what Australia is about till season five right, or six. Right, right, right. It's like, no, it's, this is the end. So, you know, there's only like eight episodes left or Yeah, something like that. So, you know. Well, and it looks like, you know, episode three is going to be all Scott Glenn. It's a Scott Glenn episode. Yeah, they're doing that. Yeah. Which is cool. Which is cool. He's a good actor. And they'll be in Australia. I'm going to guess that they'll probably show up in Australia at the end of the episode. That's Justin a good Thoreau guess. And yeah. The, what's her name? Yeah. So I dug it. I thought it was, you know. Yeah, so far so good. I'm into it. I'm I kind of tuned it. out some of, the, some of the Norse shit while I was watching it. Tired there, pal? A little yawny? Well, I just, you know, I got back from my eight mile run I do. <laughs> <laughs> I have to do an eight mile run before podcasting. Yeah, you're good like that. Yep, gotta stay on it. Gotta get fit. Well, so that is. Uh, I don't know. What would you give this as a number? I don't know. Eh, I give it like an eight. eight. Give it like a five. No, you wouldn't. Like a two point five. I give it like an eight eight. Eighty eight. Eight point eight. Yeah. I give it like a 66. No. I give it like a 45. All right. I guess we're not rating this. I give it like a... <laughs> I'm going to stick with the 8.8 on this episode. I'm going to stick with the... Just because that ending was so cool. And also, I just thought it was one of those 
really I thought it was their signature what the fuck is this but awesome kind of episode. Yeah, man. The ending definitely delivers in that leftover style. Yeah. All right. So we'll be back with another review of episode three, the Scott Glenn episode, presumably. And uh, you've got some game reviews. Well, I just put up, we got the Uncharted 4 up that I just played and kind of going against the grain a little bit with the sort of unanimous perfect scores that this game has been getting. There are perfect elements about it, but after I beat the whole campaign, I couldn't really give it a perfect score. Wouldn't seem fair, especially since I've played all the first trilogy of the game. Mm. Like twice, for God's sakes. Uh, And then the new episode of Walking Dead, Telltale. New Frontier. New Frontier episode. Four. Four, yep. One more after this. Played that, well, uh, last night. So get that review up. So I'm going to get that Mad Max review up. And, and Guardians, we're waiting on Guardians waiting too. On Guardians Telltale, Telltale, Play send that. it to us, yeah. please. We'll get it to us. They're good like that. And uh, well, that's it for us, since Yanni over here can't handle more than about twenty minutes. And then here we are, twenty fifty four. All right, folks, go to our website as always, www.thehmcnetwork.com for more podcasts and fun stuff. And check out our series, Acoustic Cities, which correspondent Mike Long's been doing, and he just put up Dublin, and it's very awesome. So go check that out. Yeah, go buy some American Giant apparel. (laughs) All right, see ya.